0: Legal discussion on tip today is brought to you in association with Lynch Solicitors Clanmel on the web at LynchSolicitors.ie and at DivorceInIreland.com. John Lynch from Lynch Solicitors is with me in a studio. Everybody held you up coming up, John, <laughs> didn't they? <laughs> I'd nearly go slow again, cars in to that front prize, of you. Yeah. Would you?
1: Oh, yeah. Can't you do it? Can you kind of redo it or do it it a second time around or whatever? You never know. You never know. I won't
0: even get into this conversation. Uh, No, I'm
1: not talking family at all this morning. (laughs)
0: Listen, you're going to talk to us about party walls.
1: Yeah, our neighbours. Party walls and neighbours. One of the most frequent uh, emails uh, queries that I get off the website is to do with party walls and disputes between neighbors over party walls and neighbors disputes anyway but it 's really fascinating the amount of queries that you get on it where and you 've You've got it from you know right up at the top to down at the bottom in the sense that you've got people who are just inquiring because they want to do something and they're not sure as to what their legal rights are on it, and then you've the other extreme where people are at absolute loggerheads and uh, they don't know what to do about it and they don't know whether they've got any entitlements or if there's any law that covers it or is there any you know is there any way they, mm. they can get out of the particular scenario? But what, what party was what what is that? What are they <laughs> they're not walls that you have a party <laughs> over but they are literally boundary walls between true adjoining owners is is probably the easiest way to define it actually when you're buying your house you're, you're buying your property or you're buying your piece of land or whatever I mean invariably unless you're in a very unique situation like an island you will have a shared a point of contact with your neighbor and be that a ditch uh, you know a hedge you know a wall or or even a building mm. that represents if you like a boundary between two properties and once you've got a boundary between pro- two properties the very first question that you'll invariably ask is what's the story you know what what exactly is the position on that particular who owns it number one Number two, uh, you know, can you find out or how does one find out who owns it? And quite commonly, what you have in a situation is that, you know, when you're like the whole process of law involved in, in dealing in property is called conveyancing. And one of the kind of elements of conveyancing is called requisitions on title, which is just a fancy word for questions about you know, what exactly are the vary, varying rights by different people on the property? And one of the questions that you're, that is a standard question is what's the position with regard to the walls? You know, are they party and party walls or are they owned walls? So, in what so that question means that you know, is it that both parties own the wall or is it that one of the parties own the wall? But in any event, even if one of the parties owned the wall and it and the other par- and the other party, if you like, doesn't own the wall, n- no pun intended, it could still be a boundary wall between the properties. So this is a kind of a conundrum that has kind of you know it. It plays into various areas of law. I mean, conveyancing is the starting point, you know, the whole ownership thing Mm. is the starting point. And often you can't answer the question. You can't actually, if you think about it, I mean, if I think of the property down Jervis Place, you know, I have neighbours on both sides, so I have two walls going up and it's easy enough, uh, probably the easiest thing to say is they are true party and party boundary walls. So in other words, they're owned by both parties. Mm. So of course that raises all sorts of issues. And the, the kind of primary issue that comes up invariably for people is, what am I going to do if I do something near that wall? in other words either do something with the wall or do something and you know the one the classic one again it's amazing the amount of queries we actually get from Dublin and I'm not saying that that's amazing in itself but it's just it just shows you how kind of uh, kind of nationwide an issue it is so somebody's building an extension and there's a wall that uh, you know, it's this this wall we're talking about. And the question that, that can arise is what's the story with that wall? Can I put my roof on that wall? Can I build on that wall? Can I take that wall down? Can I put a window on that wall? You know, <coughs> if there's an existing structure, can I take that structure down? What happens in that type of scenario? Now, until the 2009 Act, and you know, the way we love saying things like the 2009 Act, but there was a piece of legislation in 2009, which was the Conveyancing Reform Act, I'll call it. But anyway, it was a land act to deal with property rights. And that introduced a very useful mechanism within the Irish legal system. And that Introduced what we call a works order or a mechanism to get a works order. And effectively, what that says is, or what the legislation says, as and from 2009, it says that where you have a party structure, uh, where you're dealing with the party structure, if there's an issue that arises on that party structure and you need to do something, as as in carry out works, in those circumstances, if you can't get the agreement of your neighbour, i.e. the other landowner or the other party to the mix, in those circumstances, you can actually go into your local district court to apply for what we call a works order. Now, the interesting thing about that was that it introduces a fast-track mes- mechanism, you know, because in the past... You'd be dealing uh, in other areas like trespass, you know, uh, you know the whole area of nuisance, mm. and you'd, you'd have to issue high court injunction proceedings, and you know you can, you know, that's a, that's like a sledgehammer with a thumbtack. You're effectively going into the high court looking for an order restraining from somebody from doing something, or and or you're looking for an order to do something. To do something. So yeah. effectively, an injunction has two sides to it. You know, either or get, getting authorization mm-hmm. to do something. So that was the mechanism that was available to you. So what happens now is that if there's something that you need to do, and I'll, I'll drill it down now in a second, but in general terms, if there's something that you need to do to your property... That impacts on what is a boundary property or a boundary structure or what they call a party structure. Uh, under those circumstances, you do now have a mechanism available to you to go into the local district court and look for a works order. Now, the the first thing I would say by the way, and again it, it If I needed reinforcement, I certainly would have got it over the last number of years in terms of the amount of emails that I would be getting or queries that I would be getting on the website, is that the problem sometimes can be quite easily resolved by simply talking to your neighbor. Mm and sometimes you know on, on the extremes of it you can't and on the extremes of it and thankfully in very small cases small number of cases relatively speaking you do get into a works order scenario but by and large you don't have to get into works order situation and it kind of If I can drill back to my kind of mantra when we were doing New Year's resolutions and I was saying to you that my kind of resolution for this year or realisation after so many years doing law is that if people actually sat down, discussed something and then followed through with it with a written agreement on it, there would be less likelihood Less, I'm not saying no likelihood, mm. but less likelihood of disputes, costly disputes going forward. Now, you know, uh, you know, it's a very well-known fact that the fact that you committed to writing doesn't necessarily mean that it won't there won't be a dispute. Mm. And fellows like me involved in law are very good at arguing the toss on it. But as a general rule, if you have it and it's relatively straightforward and relatively clear, you've a better chance mm. of, of, you know, resolving... And can that be a legal them.
0: document between exactly, the Exactly, you can,
1: can. Well, actually, I, I mean, I got an email there from... Uh, not an email. Yes, an email, but uh, uh, an inquiry, an online inquiry on our website from somebody And he sent me, he he said, talking to his neighbour and uh, he wants to do something with his extension and they have an extension, etc. And he attached the maps showing the layouts, the drawings, etc, etc, said that we've had a chat and we'd like to commit this to writing, which was a very... I thought, very sensible way Mm. of approaching a very practical way of approaching it and a very good way of approaching it. So in those circumstances he will avoid all the potential conflict that you might have with your neighbour, number one. Number two, he'll put something in writing that will stand up the test of time so that it won't become a problem later on and gives him a blueprint then to actually do the work so in other words he can do the work and everything's covered because if you don't do it that way well then and you go into the district court the district Mm. court applies a similar kind of a principle to it as well but
0: will you explain the works order because is that
1: is that always challenged
0: is that why it's necessary to go to the court
1: yeah I mean, the reason that you have the works order is that There's you have to do the work and somebody won't let you do it okay so right. that, yeah exactly right yeah that's that's it in a nutshell. The reason that you have the works order is that you don't have agreement with your neighbor right and if if people were to take from what i'm saying that in order to you know make sure everything is one hundred percent okay, you should get a works order that's not what i'm saying what i'm saying is that if you can agree with your neighbor precisely what you're doing and commit that to a writing, Mm. then that is by far the most inexpensive way of Mm. doing it and the less contentious way of doing it. And again, it gives you much more certainty. Anything that you negotiate and put into writing and control yourself gives you an awful lot more certainty than going into a court where a judge might actually not necessarily give you right. precisely what it is that you're And,
0: and the kind of examples then of issues, I mean, if there's trees, for example, as part of a, a dividing ditch and I yeah. want to cut them down and your man yeah. beside me doesn't want yeah. them cut down. Yeah. Are these the kind of well, issues?
1: Yeah, they are, but those ones don't necessarily end up in court uh, and if they did, you yeah you know, actually that's a very good one and before i answer that question let me just say that let's answer the question directly for a second no most of the arguments if you like or most of the issues that we deal with are issues to do with the with extensions okay and by far the most contentious one is the wall with the roof Sitting on it, and you know, and issues then arising with you know, guard to safety, etc., and and cost and mm. overhang, etc. So yes, that's where, and the neighbour not letting the adjoining owner in, or mm. the neighbour not letting the neighbour in to plaster the, the outside of the wall to finish off their extension or to, you know, put in the guttering or put in the downpipes mm. or whatever that's where the arguments happen yeah. I mean, we're, we're, we're classic I think the Irish are really the source of great uh, legal uh, stories and plays, et cetera, et cetera yeah. You know, when it comes to this is my ground, oh, the land, don't put the your the foot land, on yeah. it. I presume if you
0: trace a lot of these issues between neighbours back, uh, it would be because the dog did something years oh, ago so, yeah. do you know what I mean it's well, not yeah. about the issue yeah. per se it
1: could no, be just no, animosity but, in well some way. as you know as you know I've done me- and do mediations and I've done property disputes for mediations and I love bringing I, I always think of the one that I did again in Dublin Uh, involving on uh, some part of Dublin I won't say where not that it it would matter a huge amount but uh, it was literally that it was the wall at the back of a building and there was a new fellow who bought the house on the other side and there was buildings etc etc and I was called in to mediate this but you're right it had to do with the fact that in fact the people who were disputing it wanted to buy the bit of ground that the other fellow bought and they were saying, well, I'm not going to make it easy for him, et cetera, et cetera. So, yes, there's, a, there are, there's the human factor that makes it both in, you mm. know, interesting and maybe not as legal as one might like it to be. But just to go back to your overhanging trees for a second, because that's a very fairly common one. And one of the things I was saying to you there recently that what we try what we're trying to do uh, as a as a firm is to kind of do fax sheets what I call fax sheets on different areas and the great advantage of Appearing on your show is that because I have to go and research this area, if I can do a fact sheet out of it afterwards, of course, uh, it's very helpful to any of the listeners. But it's also very helpful to me that if somebody asks me a question, I can just direct them to the FAQs and what they call it? frequently it asked questions. But that's a frequently asked question that whole issue of overhanging trees, and it has long been the law that uh, I think 1896 there was a case of a fella who took a case against his neighbour who cut down his trees. When I say cut down his trees, he lobbed off his trees standing in his garden. So this is 18, whatever it was. And -and so-and-so had come along with whatever it was, clippers or whatever they had at that stage, and cut your man's trees. So your man sued him in trespass. Okay? And the whole when you're looking at the law and the whole area of trespass is fascinating because I mean again we're all familiar with the cattle trespassing on your field but there is the whole issue of somebody arriving on your land who's not entitled to do it and the whole reason and justification behind the works orders is to prevent the argument that you're trespassing Mm. and the whole argument that people would push to somebody who lands up in their front garden with a trowel and a whatever the other thing is that you have, trowel on a what is it, a trowel on a board? Well now I'm you're asking me, I'm the, I'm <laughs> Mr. The <board>. DIY here. <laughs> <laughs> plastering the wall yeah. and you're like the very the refrain is you're trespassing on my land, get off my land. So that's where the works order comes into it. But anyway, to answer your question on the overhanging tree, since the 1800s it has been the case that you are entitled in on your in your own property if you have an overhanging tree you're entitled without notice to your neighbor to lob it off so in other words to cut it if it's actually causing a nuisance in your land so effectively what you're talking about there is it's nuisance on the one hand to have overhang trees overhanging And it can cause a nuisance to your neighbour. And you know, when you talk about the word nuisance, I mean, we all talk about people being a nuisance Mm. or whatever, but there is legal, there's a whole legal definition, a whole legal area for another show to deal with the whole area of nuisance. But effectively, an overhanging tree to a neighbour could be a nuisance. And it's one of the few cases... Uh, where you're entitled to what we call a bait, a nuisance. And when you're looking at the area of tort, they talk about self-help, you know, the Mm -hmm. self-defense, self-help. So this is a kind of a self-defense to an act of 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 trespass or nuisance by somebody else. You actually lob off the tree. Now, if you go in onto your neighbor's land to cut off the overhanging tree because it's interfering with your land, you are committing an act of trespass and under those circumstances, that's not something that you're entitled to do. But if you were in a situation or... And there is one other exception: is that if there's an emergency situation, you don't you can do a self an act of self help there as well. Like if you had a falling tree or something falling onto your land mm. and it fell into your front garden and was causing a hazard, that's an emergency situation. Does uh, the whole business of public liability
0: come into this then in some way as well.
1: Well, yeah, I mean the interesting one or or the case that comes to mind with that and that whole area. Of, and it came in on overhanging trees, was a case uh, oh, quite a number of years ago now where somebody was driving along a main road and an overhanging tree fell on top of the car, damaged the car and caused them personal injuries and they took an action against the landowner. And the it was O'Hanlon oh, was the judge uh, and the reason I remember that... Anyway, I won't say... Uh, the, one of the reasons I remembered it was he was a member of the... Uh, that cult uh, religious cult Scientology no, no Catholic one the Catholic one what to you call them you're not
0: dragging me into that no now. ok alright
1: all right. <laughs> we will <won't laughs> <be> swiftly on <laughs> let's get out of that let's get out of that one yes. no not a cult cult is wrong mm. cult is the wrong term but anyway He held it, he said that the principle of of law when you're dealing with tort and negligence applies in other words that a a landowner has an obligation as a prudent landowner to do things that are if it don't cause hazard to other users of other land i.e. somebody driving a car along the way which causes all sorts of issues for a landowner and puts a liability on landowners to ensure that they're you know that they keep their land Mm. safe now there are obligations, there local authorities is very conscious of those obligations and are constantly putting it upon landowners to ensure that they keep the hedges. But I mean, one of the reasons that you would keep the hedges right is to ensure that there isn't a hazard to road users or adjoining owners. You know?
0: Tom makes an interesting point. What happens when taste <laughs> comes into the issue? And he's making reference to some semi-detached houses in certain towns that will remain nameless, Tom, if you don't mind. But he's talking about a garish colour on one side that clashes completely. You know when a when, uh, appear is is divided into yes, Middlewoods. Yes, and, yes. and there there is a question of taste there um does taste taste yes taste. does that come in uh, to
1: <laughs> i w- the, i would i would hazard a guess that uh, it's not something uh uh, that would necessarily uh, feature in a legal case, let's put mm. it that way. But, I mean, the the interesting thing about that is that, you know, if you're talking about, you know, a neighbour doing something that you don't like, I mean, the issue there is that how and to what extent is the law going to intervene? And by and large, the courts won't get involved in something which they would regard, now this is a very broad mm. statement to mm. make, which they would regard as... Trivial, Trivial yeah. or not doesn't go to the core of what you're talking about. You know, in other words, that to be offended because of the colour of somebody's fence or the type of trees that they plant, the law would suddenly be getting involved in very, very dangerous and tricky areas if you got involved in and that.
0: It, it could clog up the courts for it a long could, time, well, I would imagine. I could,
1: I could, you could just imagine a judge <laughs> yes, looking is. at a case that comes before him. But I mean, I've I been... Mean, Everything is a balance, if you know what I mean. And when you're dealing with the area of nuisance, it is a question of balance because being serious about it, uh, you know, for a second. I mean, the reality of it is when you're looking at uh, the whole area of nuisance, you're talking about the court saying that there is a balance between what you're entitled to do and where is the line between what you're entitled to do you know, in mm. the context of your own entitlements and how it's going to interfere with your i I'm labour.
0: intrigued about the, this works order intrigues me uh, because, for instance, it can give you permission to trespass
1: on somebody's land. It can get, give you the permission to, to gain access to somebody's lands to carry out works. Right. Yeah, I, I... where where you're dealing with the party structure. And, by the way, that's not an unrestricted right. So, in other words, what I mean by that is you have an obligation. So, the court could look for... Okay, so on the one hand, the court will authorise you to do, to enter on lands that mm. aren't your own, which, as you say, technically is an act of trespass. But on the other side the court will usually look for an indemnity or look for security from you. So in other words, they'll want you to indemnify your neighbour. Insurance-wise, is uh, that it? Cost-wise, for any damage done to your neighbour's property. So you'll be ordered to make good any damage you do to the neighbour in the course of doing the works. So let's say you're going into plaster, your man's gable end, or your wall, if you know what I mean. Mm. Uh, Under those circumstances, if you cause damage to that Person's land, you must reinstate the land and put it back in the condition that it was. Right. If you cause inconvenience to your neighbour, and for example, if you were doing carrying out works to such an extent that it caused an inconvenience that they had to relocate temporarily, you'd have to cover the cost of that. If you were, if they, which would be a very sensible way of approaching it, if they would, um, sorry, if they retain let's say an architect an engineer or somebody which they would be entitled to do Mm -hmm. you'd have to cover the cost of that all right yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. I mean, it's not an open-ended... Uh, There's
0: people like, hanging on to your every word. Uh, they are volunteering a certain Catholic organisations that they correct. think you meant, but we won't get into it if you don't mind. No, uh, no. Uh, One, one neighbour took out, uh, this is from, from a listener, took out three quarters of a ditch between us. It was a boundary ditch with a mini-digger in the darkness a few years ago it left us with no privacy from the other house or from passers-by on uh, the road. Did she have a right to do that? And where do we? Say, well, she didn't, did no. she? Well, I mean, coming to a, an arrangement.
1: No, I mean, if it's a party boundary that's owned, but and again, you see, you're back to the fundamental question here. You know, who owns the boundary, mm. and and you know, are you entitled? You know, that's really the nub of it. You know, mm. is it a party in party, or is it owned by one of the parties? So, because you'll often have a situation, as you know, that you have a wall inside a wall. And the reason that you have the wall inside the wall is that somebody didn't want to have the issue of it being a party wall and who owns the wall. So what they did was they built a wall inside the wall. So the wall inside the wall is theirs. And even though it's a boundary wall, it still is owned by them so therefore they're entitled to do whatever they like with that wall as long as it doesn't impact on their neighbor and cause a nuisance right. and the whole area i mean this is a, like this is a fascinating area but uh, and whether you can get definitive answers on it will often depend on the circumstances of each particular case right. but i mean the other one is can you take down your house uh, and if you're adjoining let's say your gable end Forms part of your Johnny neighbours, and can you take down your house if by taking it down you exposed your neighbour to the weather and to wind, etc., etc.? And I will leave you with that one.
0: All oh, right, okay. Uh, lots of stuff coming in about, about uh, and I presume this comes under nuisance. Talking about dogs next door barking. Oh, so will, will, you, will you deal with that at, know, maybe next d- time
1: round? Well, yeah, the dogs barking is again a district court matter.
0: Right, is that yeah. nuisance?
1: It's nuisance correct but it's also covered by the dogs act and it's also covered by specific legislation. All right, for All another right. day.
0: My learned friend uh, <laughs> John Lynch of Lynch Solicitors there. Let's take a break uh, we'll be back with more. Tip FM's tip today with Fran Curry
1: in association with Slattery's of Pecone, Tipperary's main Subaru dealer. Slattery's Garage Falcon. The name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County.
0: Slatterysgarage.ie.